Hey friend, are you struggling to find consistent paid speaking gigs? Do you want to know the exact six steps that you can take to find and book more paid speaking opportunities in 2024? Well, we want to make that easy for you. We've created a new free resource with the help of Dan Irvin, one of our highly successful speakers on our team. Dan has booked over $100,000 in paid speaking gigs in the last few years, and his six-step process is going to help you maximize your chances of getting booked and paid to speak in any industry. You're going to learn how to get started prospecting, master discovery calls, and proposal emails and so much more. All you got to do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash steps and we're going to send you this 18-page guide straight to your inbox. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash steps and you're going to get that free guide. Hey, thanks for listening. You're awesome. Hey, what's up, my friends? Grant Baldwin here. Welcome back to the Speaker Lab podcast. We are glad that you're here, glad that you're joining us, whether this is your first time hanging out with us or you've been with us for uh, every single episode. We are now on episode 251. Either way, really glad that you're here. Hey, if you are interested in working with us and us helping you to build and grow your speaking business, we would love to have a conversation with you. We have our Booked and Paid to Speak Elite Program, which is an intensive individual and group program helping you build a system for finding and booking paid speaking gigs. So if you're interested in learning more about that, if you'd like to talk with our team, then definitely stop by and check out thespeakerlab.com slash apply. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash apply. All right, so today we are having a, uh, a family favorite, a member of the family, a show favorite. That's probably the better way to put it. We're having Miss Melanie Diesel back on the show. She has been with us numerous times. We've co-hosted numerous episodes. She's been a huge, huge part of the Speaker Lab and our family. And so excited to bring her back. She's had some big changes happening in life. So we're going to be talking that through. Uh, specifically, she is nearing uh, childbirth times. And so she's been uh, pregnant for the past eight months at the time of this recording or so. She probably by the time you're hearing this, she's going to be real close to having that baby. So we're going to just talk through how she navigated that. What do you do when your work as a speaker requires you to travel, to be gone, to be on the road, and you have life changes? It could come in the form of a pregnancy, but it could come in many other types of forms that we talk about. So we just talk about how do you navigate some of those changes and how do you get ready and prepare for those types of changes. So a lot to get to today. I think that you're really going to enjoy this conversation of behind the curtain and just kind of thinking through some of these big potential life changes and uh, what to do. So let's get to this conversation with Miss Melanie Diesel. Enjoy. Hey, what's up, friends? Grant Baldwin here. Welcome back to the Speaker Lab podcast. Today, I am super excited to have a fan favorite, a member of the Speaker Lab family, Miss Melanie Diesel. Back. It's been a minute since you've been here. You've got a lot that's happened, and we're going to discuss that. So thanks for uh, being back with us. How are you today? I'm good. Thanks for having me back. Long time, no see, no chat. I know. I know. But you're here. You're back. Back in the saddle. Back in the saddle. (laughs) We have co-hosted many an episode, and I'm sure we can link up to all of those in the, the show notes there, but it's good to have you back. And this time, kind of turning it around a little bit where I get to, I get to interview you again. This will be fun. So uh, I don't have to do as much work. I just have to answer the question. You, know? <laughs> you came up with all these beautiful outlines that we would discuss together, but now, now you just get to relax there. Sort of relax. You've had a bit happen in life. For those that don't know, what's going on? At the time of this recording... At the time of this recording, I am extremely pregnant. So our little speaker is on the way sometime in the next, I don't know, days, weeks. It could be, it's just an adventure over here. We're just waiting to see what happens. You're on the clock. You're literally 
hypothetically moments away. If you go into labor right now, this is going to be the greatest episode ever. And we're a hundred percent going to put it out as is with no editing. Yeah. I'll definitely just keep, we'll just keep it going. We'll just, I'll just take the laptop along, you know, it'll be perfect. It'll be perfect. All right. So uh, you're due anytime now. So one of the things that we wanted to kind of talk through here is transitions as it relates to life and how that affects business. Because one of the things that is obvious is that part of the nature of being a speaker is that you are traveling, is that you are gone. Being pregnant obviously makes that a bit problematic. And not only just like, it's not like you reach a finish line and like, okay, now it's just back to business as normal. Like there we go. <laughs> there's a whole new responsibility that comes along with it. So I'm curious, especially yeah. like as the past several months have unfolded with pregnancy, how has your business evolved and changed? Because you're still yeah. like, you're still traveling a lot, a lot of international travel. You're speaking a lot. You've reached the, the well into the third trimester now where you're <laughs> not supposed to be traveling. Um, no more travel for me. No more travel. So can you kind of talk through like, all right, I find out I'm pregnant. And now what? how do you think through how that affects the business and yeah. the what it is that you do? Well, one of the first things that I learned is that there are next to no resources for how to navigate this. Because I, you, the first thing you do when you encounter any problem, you know, you start Googling, you look up, you know, pregnant while speaking, public speaker, <laughs> you know, you start like looking for some tips or tricks or somebody's yeah. book or something. Yeah. And there's really not much out there. And I think that was one of the, the first realizations for me that I had to grapple with was, is the reason I'm not finding tips, tricks, resources, you know, mentors in this space who have gone through this because it can't be done. And I think that was probably the one of the first things I had to deal with on my own was thinking, maybe I'm done for. Like maybe the reason there's no tips is because you can't do this. Maybe this is the end of the road, you know? And I think that was, you know, being honest, like that was one of the harder things to deal with is thinking, well, maybe, maybe it's a choice and maybe whether it's being pregnant or having a newborn or an infant, maybe those things just don't, those lifestyles don't work together. And if that's the case, then I need to prepare for a much bigger shift. What I found quickly is that it's actually just something that people don't seem to talk about. So it's not that it's not being done. It's not that it's not happening. It's just something that so far, it seems people aren't as comfortable to talk about openly. So there's not as much out there. Once I started reaching out to my network of speaker friends, you know, many speakers that we both know, I found so many women who were willing to share or, you know, men who introduced me to their, their wives who had been through that same stage of life, um, who were able to share tips and tricks. And I think the biggest piece of advice, you know, well, there were a couple. The the one thing I had to figure out is what do I want out of this next phase? Because, Mm -hmm. you know, there are many speakers for for reasons of of health, of family, of finances, who take a step back and do something else for some period of time. So that's always an option. Did I want to take that route? My thought was no, not really. I'd like to keep speaking if I, I can. And then the other piece of advice was just acknowledging that there are other ways to speak and teach and share your knowledge that don't require you to get on a plane and leave your family and, you know, be on the road. And so trying to explore some of those options, things like webinars or, you know, remote keynotes, you know, doing coaching, doing video trainings. There's a lot of ways you can use those same skills and connect with some of those same people without having to, to pack a bag and leave. So it's been a combination of those things. But I think for anyone who's going through, whether it's, you know, you're starting a family, you're going through a health crisis, you want to be home to take care of aging parents, you know, whatever that life stage, you know, change might be, asking yourself whether you want to take a step away or you want to pivot and figure out how to make both those things fit together. 
because I think if you're not sure which route to take, that's the scary part where you're living in this limbo and you're not sure what to do. But making that choice of, am I going to step away from this and do something else? Or am I going to figure out how to adapt this for the new way of life that I'm going to live? Once I made that decision, it became a lot easier to move forward. I'm curious, a lot of the other speakers that you talked to who had gone through something similar, did you find that they felt similar in terms of like, I can't find any resources. I don't know that this is even possible. And again, like you said, this is not exclusive to just people who are pregnant or not pregnant. But like you mentioned, there's a lot of, I I was thinking about a a speaker friend of mine I knew a couple years ago, like out of nowhere had a, a, like a routine doctor's appointment or something. Turned out he had a brain tumor and ended up having to have brain surgery and couldn't drive for like six months or something and just had a slew of speaking gigs booked. And now all of a sudden, like has to figure out logistically how to make all this work, you know, or like you mentioned, a you know, a, a, tragically someone passes away or someone gets sick or something else yeah. happens that requires like sudden dramatic life changes, you know. So as you were talking with others, were you finding that that the advice that you were getting from them was that, hey, it is possible? Or was it like, hey, you just, you dramatically have to cut back? Or what were you hearing from them? I think it's different for everyone. You know, I think everyone's situation, you know, depending on what life change they're tackling, everyone's situation is different. So I did find some people who said, hey, you know, I thought I would go this route. And what I found is the best thing for me, for my family, for my situation was to dramatically cut back. I do fewer gigs at a higher fee and I'm more discerning about when I travel, right? So that's one option. And then I found some people who said, look, you know, I do a lot more remote. I do a lot more local gigs so that I'm not away from home. I do trips that are only one to two days. I no longer travel more. You know, people come up with their own rules, their own adaptations, their own, you know, adjustments that work for whatever their situation is. I think one of the unique things is when when you're going through it because, you know, when this life changes coming because you are pregnant or expecting a child in in whatever way, I think there's a different pressure on women in particular where there is, and this is true if you're in corporate or, you know, if you're, you know, running your own business as a speaker is that it is in some ways a decision. And my fear was if I am open about the fact that I'm expecting a child, are people going to stop calling? Am I going to stop getting invited you know, in the same way that you stop getting invited to with your friends to go to the bar because now you're a pregnant lady, right? <laughs> Does the same thing happen professionally? Am I going to yeah. stop getting those invites? Will I stop getting inbound inquiries? Will people assume that I'm not interested in traveling? And will that impact my business as well? So there's a little bit of, of sort of like branding and perception that you worry about too. You know, whereas perhaps if you're if you're sick or you're dealing with you know, an aging parent or you're moving or something, there's sort of an implied, as you said, like an end date, right? That once you move or once they're better or once you're better, things will be back to normal. But as you said, you know, it's not like you just have a baby and then (laughs) you reach one finish line and you cross another starting line and yeah, both uh, like both affect your business dramatically. Yeah, definitely. So I think, I think the the biggest thing is that people just don't, nobody has the answers. And so no one is sharing a prescription for here's how to handle it, here's what to do, because I think we're all kind of figuring it out and that the solution is individualized in many ways for, for every different person. I imagine a big part of it also has to do with what your partner does or if you have a yeah. partner who's who's with you through that time. I'm very lucky that you know my husband is also an entrepreneur, also runs his own business. He's working out of the other room in our home right now. So that allows us certain levels of, of flexibility and certain levels of uncertainty that different couples, different speakers may not be dealing with. So I think it really is so individualized. And that's why it's hard to find 
recommendations for what you should do because it it's going to depend so much on what's right for your individual situation. One of the things that you touched on was you were worried that you would not be getting as many inquiries or maybe not just for speaking, but for any type of, of business, coaching, consulting projects yeah. of any form, because like, well, I just assumed she's pregnant, so she can't do it. And did you, have you found that to be the case? Or is that one of those things like, it's hard to even know, like if people didn't inquire because of that, because they didn't inquire. So exactly. what have you kind of found the, be the experience in that? Exactly what you said. It's hard to know what I don't know. I don't know who's not reaching out to me. I will say that the number of inbound inquiries I have received in the last few months has definitely gone down. But I think there's a good chance that that's attributed as much to the fact that I've been speaking less in the last few months, right? I've been winding down. As you said, for anyone who doesn't know who hasn't been through this, you hit a point in your pregnancy where it's no longer safe for you to do air travel. And so I had to anticipate that in advance. And so I haven't had any gigs yet in August. I didn't, I wasn't allowed to fly during most of July as well. And these are typically my busy seasons. So I'm trying to remind myself too, that if I'm out there less, if I'm speaking less, then naturally I'm going to see less follow up and inbound inquiry coming from those gigs because there's fewer of them. So trying not to assume the worst. (laughs) Right. Right. Do you find that uh, even just with other speakers that you start uh, that you've talked with, do you, because speaking is very much a momentum business, do you, are you concerned that like, okay, things have slowed down for me intentionally. So now like there's going to be a season of like, I have to get the momentum going again. And I'm trying to get that flywheel started again. Absolutely. And it's so funny because one of the things, and I think I've shared this, you know, in previous conversations we've had on the podcast, I feel very lucky and very blessed that the majority of my business is actually inbound. So because of the types of events that I speak at and the type, the fact that it's marketing, there's a lot of networking happening. Most of the inquiries I get are people coming to me or who have seen me speak or a colleague recommended after seeing me speak. That's a wonderful position to be in, but it's terrifying when you're going through a break like this, because that means that essentially the sources of my business are drying up because I'm not going to be speaking for the next few months and, you know, for the previous two. So that's absolutely something I've been really worried about. And it's funny because I'm at a point where, for those of you who have heard our conversations in past episodes, you know that I started in Book and Pay to Speak back in 2014, I think, 2014, 2015. Wow, um, it's been a minute. Yeah. It's been a, it's been a long time. But I talked about the fact that when I was getting started, I made this massive spreadsheet and I reached out to 200 plus events. And literally just this morning, I was working with my assistant and I opened up that old spreadsheet and I was like, look, let's see how many of these events are still going. Let's go through my gigs for the last three years and reach back out to anyone who has a a 2020 event. And basically having to almost assume I'm starting from scratch. Now some, you know, I do have some gigs already booked for next year. I've had people say who reached out about this year, you know, learned that I couldn't be there and have talked about next year as well. But I'm very much treating it like Assuming that momentum is not there, assuming that I lose a lot of that inbound energy and momentum, I've got to start the outreach game like like we're starting from scratch. And and maybe I hope that a lot of referrals will come in and introductions and obviously having a tight speaker network, many of whom are aware of my situation. I do have people who are keeping me in mind and making, you know, introductions. Hey, I know you'll be back on the road come January, February. I thought this might be a fit. So it's working all those different levers, but definitely being aware of the fact that if you aren't going to have the same momentum, you need to be doing a lot more outbound to compensate for that. 
How have you kind of planned around that? Because there is kind of a, one of the nice things we're speaking is there is several months ahead where yeah. events are planning and booking. So it's not like, Hey, we're looking for a speaker next week. It's usually, you know, anywhere from three to six to, to 12 months out, depending on the size right. of the nature of the event, which is good at this point. Like, okay, I'm nearing the finish line of this, but at least I can start booking things that are several months out. I'll have several yeah. months under my belt and we can figure that out. But it also makes it a bit challenging, like backing up several months. The baby is due on this date, but the baby will come when the baby wants to show up. And I, I know of like on the other end of the spectrum, or I guess the other side of the coin, when my wife was pregnant with our daughters of trying to navigate that of like, okay, this is how we make our living. And so dad has to go speak somewhere. But Dad also wants to be here when Junior arrives and the event uh, is not like adjusting their schedule based on like Grant may or may not have a baby here, right? So how have you kind of navigated just like planning, booking gigs just in general around that? I will will say this is one of like the biggest marketing lies of pregnancy, right? A due date. Here's the, here's the truth, listeners. 5% of babies are born on their due date. That means there's a 95% chance your right. baby is going to be born on some other date, which could be <laughs> weeks before or weeks after. Right. So, you know, when you're planning your schedule, here's the, like right now, so we're talking right now, I'm 36 weeks pregnant. This means my due date is technically four weeks away. But as many of you may know, you can go two weeks after. That means six weeks from now, I could either still be pregnant or have a six-week-old baby, right? (laughs) So when it comes time to planning, you know, how long until you're back on the road? How long until you can return to work? At which date will you be able to start accepting bookings? There's a huge swing. And so even if you're trying to be conservative and say, okay, I'll give myself X number of weeks to recover from even your own, whatever your your medical situation may be, sometimes you don't know. I don't know whether that's going to be, you know, September, October, November, depending on on how everything goes down. So for me, for my own sanity, and because I've prepared for this, I knew it was coming. My decision was to stay through the end of the year. So I'm going to give myself time to stay home, to rest, and not to speak through the end of the year. But to your point, our industry works months in advance. That means that while I will be home and spending time with baby, I can't be doing nothing or I won't have any gigs for the three to six months that follow. So one of my my advantages, I work with an executive assistant who is wonderful and keeps my business running. When I'm speaking actively, she does things like help manage my calendar, book my travel, handle invoices, keep make sure everything is is set up properly. Now, during maternity leave, she's going to be helping me handle a lot of my planning and outreach for doing things like, you know, compiling gigs, finding gigs that I can apply to, helping me manage those applications, doing outreach to individuals on my behalf, setting up podcast interviews for me so that I might still be out part of the conversation, you know, networking, even throughout, you know, still being top of mind for a lot of my audience. So there's ways you can kind of plan that, but you do have to be aware, you know, right now, I am having conversations and and filling out applications and and whatnot, doing inquiries for gigs in January, February, and March. So what that means is if I want that momentum to continue, that even while I'm on maternity leave, and you guys can't see, but I'm doing air quotes, right? So (laughs) maternity leave, that I'm going to need to continue to do that outreach process throughout that leave. Right, right. So one of the other things then is that, like you mentioned, a lot of what you're trying to do during maternity leave is to plant seeds that will hopefully come of something months and months later. But it's always kind of like, and this is the case with any speaker in any situation is like, that's great when that comes, when that event arrives in six months. But I'm also, I also need to 
pay bills today. Yes. So what are the things, are there other things that you are doing? One of the things I know that like a big part of your business is like consulting and coaching and mm -hmm. things that don't necessarily require travel or, or you to get on a plane or go somewhere. So what other elements are you, are you adding into the business or are you kind of ramping up within the business to help kind of offset the lack of, of being able to travel or speak? So one of the things that was really important for me, you know, knowing that I knew for myself and given the way that I had prepared that I wanted to take a pretty significant maternity leave compared to what most would. So I'm looking at August, September, October, November, December. So five months, which is a long time for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. But I also knew that I can't take half of the, half a year of no income. Most of us can't swing that, right? So I needed to look at other ways to, to bring an income, like you're saying, that weren't going to require me to get on a plane. So some of the things that I'm working on, I actually just submitted last week the manuscript for my book, which will be coming out in the beginning of the year. Yeah, so that's a, that's a big, big project, big, exciting thing. So wrote that over the course of the last several months while I've been winding down my speaking and that's going to give me something big to launch with in the new year. That doesn't help me in the interim, but it gives me something that I'm going to be somewhat working on, you know, revising it, picking covers, things like that yeah. over the next few months. I also put together a remote mastermind. So for those of you who, who don't know, what I speak on is how to use content to grow your business. So I teach people how to, if they work in corporate, how to build a content team that can produce blogs, produce videos, produce all kinds of wonderful visual content that engages your audience, you know, promotes your product, shows your thought leadership. One of the things I found is that many times people want some version of my consulting services, but they're either at a much smaller company that maybe can't afford that, or they're a marketing team of one, you know, they're a solopreneur, an author, you know, a small business owner, or just the only marketing employee at a small business. And so consulting doesn't make sense. So what I realized is I could put together a group mastermind. So I accept 10 people and we get together for one hour phone call a week for 12 weeks. I have a whole curriculum I built. You know, I have a background as an educator. I've taught college courses. So I use that to build sort of a, a curriculum of what this course might be. And I just hop on a call with those folks and, and teach them some of the basics of this content marketing stuff. The same stuff I would teach them if we were working together on a consulting basis. But because it's a group environment, it makes it much more affordable and approachable for them. The wonderful thing for me is I can do it from the comfort of my home. Yeah. It's one hour a week that I, you know, because I've done the prep, I've created all the materials ahead of time. It's only one hour a week that I have to get on video and, you know, go through the curriculum that I've already created. And so it makes it something that I can continue to bring in revenue while I'm still, you know, home with a fairly minimal live time commitment, which is, you know, the, of the essence when you have a very unpredictable baby, you know, right, right. So uh, having just one hour a week, I need to arrange to make sure that I'm available for was something that I was able to do. So I did that. And I, I've had a few ad hoc consulting opportunities. I did actually accept one speaking gig that's local here in town late in October. And I figured I'm going to use that as a test to yeah. see how I'm feeling, how does doing a local gig compare to some of the travel gigs. So, you know, just being open to some of the different ways you might do that. Another thing I've been doing quite a bit of is actually pitching remote webinar. So either video gigs or webinar gigs or pre-recorded video that they can then show at a later date when I might not be available. So just exploring some of the different ways that I can still be teaching and be sharing what I know without having to, to be there in person on stage. Uh, if that's not feasible. 
Yeah. And one of the things that's definitely nice, like in your particular situation is geographically, you know, you're in the New York City metro area. And so the number of opportunities that exist there. Yeah. yeah or certainly there's, there's plenty of opportunities. And this is one of the, you know, one of the things that we've talked a lot about on the show is that there's not necessarily like a one size fits all for speaking. And so meaning that you don't have to do it the way that, you know, I have done it or the way that Melanie has done it or the way that any number of other speakers have done it. So there's speakers, Melanie, you and I both know that speak 100, 150 times a year. They love it. Right? <laughs> and, and you and I are like, that doesn't work. You know, like I, I can't make that work for in my world. Uh, and some people who want to, they want to do, you know, five or 10 things local. And that's fine too. It's not that one's better or worse than the other. It's really just kind of a matter of what makes sense for you. So I know even in my own situation, like I used to travel a significant amount. And now the majority of what I try to do is more local stuff. And I don't want to be gone as much from, from my family. And so it can always be evolving and changing based on what happens and what changes, you know, maybe taking place in within your own life. And I think it's interesting because I know that through Booked and Made to Speak, you encourage people to ask these questions when you're getting started as a speaker, right? How often do you want to be gone? How much do you want to be speaking? And that in many ways, like our business is just, it's just a formula, right? Because you have a fee, you have how many times you actually want to speak per year, and that's where your revenue from speaking ends up. And so you wind up having to just change that formula based on what your life allows. And so... I mean, I think that's the biggest part of what I've been doing these last few months is saying, okay, so if I'm going to be speaking less often, then do I need to raise my fee? That's a question you may want to ask yourself, right? So if I'm going to speak less often, should I just charge a higher fee to compensate? Or do I need to find other things that bring in revenue, whether it's a book, coaching, consulting, mastermind, a part-time job, freelance work to kind of fill in those gaps? So, I mean, I think it seemed a lot scarier when all of this was all these conversations were first happening because you have this moment of like, Oh my God, I'm not going to be able to speak. I can't, I can't go, you know, that this has been such a big part of my life. And, and I think once you really think of it purely like a formula, like look at the math of what you're doing. I usually speak X number of times at X fee and create X amount of revenue. If I still want to have that same revenue number, or if I'm comfortable with a different revenue number, how do I need to change my fee? And my number of times speaking, you know, to, to make that math still work for me, still work for my life. And are there other other line items you can add to, to fill in the gaps? I think then it becomes a much more manageable problem. It's not this giant, you know, life change that's throwing your whole world into a tizzy, but it's just finessing some numbers to make it work for the amount of times you, you actually want to be gone. Yeah. And I think it makes it a lot less scary when you think of it that way. Well, once the baby arrives, I'm sure you've had this conversation with numerous other, you know, female entrepreneurs and entrepreneurial uh, mothers of balancing the role between like, you are a very like motivated, driven, highly uh, capable person of being very successful as an entrepreneur. But there's also the balance of being a mom. And like, I know that it's similar, but also very different from like a dad's perspective, you know, that the balance of being an entrepreneur, but also being a successful husband and father, you know? So are there any changes that you're thinking through or just how are you uh, approaching this yeah. of like, okay, I want to travel, but the nature of it is, uh, is, is the little one's not going to be able to come with me every time. Uh, maybe yeah. most times not. And I'm going to feel that tension. Is there anything that you have heard from other speakers who have, who have dealt with that? And what are you kind of anticipating? So this part of the process, I think once the baby is here, there's a lot more, people are, are more open about this. There's a lot more resources you can find publicly available for balancing being an entrepreneur and being a mom. I think one of the, the big things here is, is knowing yourself and being 
aware of the fact that things may change when you're in the situation. Now I'm planner. I'm usually, I have a, a plan, a backup plan, a plan C, like I'm ready for anything. So this exercise and being go with the flow is, is a little new for me. I mean, I think in an ideal world, I would love to be able to take the baby with me to travel, but there are certain realities that, you know, travel is expensive. Yeah. Finding childcare when you're in a, a, an unfamiliar city or country is, is challenging just the logistics of traveling with a baby. I mean, they, they require a lot of things, you know, suddenly you can't just pack a, right. You can't just like, I've got for me, because when I travel solo, I've got a pre-packed bag that has everything I need. And I pretty much just throw some fresh clothes in it and go, well, that becomes a much bigger ordeal, you know, when you're packing for two or three, accepting that reality that maybe she, she can't come with me all the time. And uh, how often do I want to be gone? I've gotten some really good advice from fellow speakers about rules that they put in place and establish those rules with their partner so that there's a comfort level with what's happening. Because that's the other thing you need to realize too, is that this is, we've talked before about being a speaker. If you have a, a partner of any kind uh, or a family, you know, it affects everyone, right? You're not just jet setting around the world, you're right. missing things, right? Yep. And so it should always be a conversation with your partner about how often you are going to be away. Make sure there's an understanding and an ex a shared expectation. So, you know, I've gotten really good advice for talking with your partner and saying, you know, when I'm gone, what's our childcare situation going to be? If you're coming with me and taking the baby, what's that going to be? Are there limits to how many days any of those different kinds of trips, how long they should be? Yeah. Are there limits to how many of those trips per month or per year we want there to be? Is there a fee threshold where we don't care about that rule so much anymore? <laughs> you know, if they're willing to pay double, do we suddenly extend the trip? Right. You know, so talking about some of those things so that you don't have to make a judgment call each time is one of the pieces of advice I definitely, you know, took to heart and, and I'm working on making those rules for our family. Yeah. And the other thing is, I'm going to have to get better about being bolder and making bolder requests when I need to. So, you know, like I said, I've been very lucky that for the most part, I travel by myself. My husband comes with me sometimes. And when he does, I'll ask about the opportunity to add extra days in a hotel if that's something we need or for them to help with his travel expenses. I know we had a whole episode where we talked about some of these non-monetary benefits right, and, and right. getting a partner to travel with you is a, is a wonderful perk. But you know, these are new conversations that I'm going to have to ask about, about family-friendly accommodations. Do they have accommodations that can take a baby? Is there a place, you know, for nursing or for the baby to be to be spending time where they're not going to disrupt the keynote, you know, as would be <laughs> the preference, place. you know? So, you know, those kinds of things are new questions, new conversations for me yeah. to be having, and I have gotten some some good advice from from fellow moms about how to have that conversation about what family friendly accommodations are available, and I think that was one of the, the things that I was advised is instead of asking for something specific to ask that question. So as you may know, I have a young child. Can you talk to me about what fam family friendly accommodations may be available? Because then you're giving them the chance to say, this is what we can offer, right? So yeah. the same way where we talk about asking about the budget first, instead of just giving a number, you want to get an understanding of what's within their power. What do they have the power to help you with? What can they offer? And by keeping it open like that, you, you can have a much better dialogue, is what I've been told, about what may be possible and how they may be able to help. Because some can offer childcare. You know, they may have someone on site who can take care of the baby while you're doing the keynote. That would be wonderful. 
some may be able to offer you certain kinds of hotel accommodations that offer you more space so that you can bring the baby with you. There's all kinds of things you may not even have thought of that they can do to make that more possible for you. And some of it just, it seems like how you overall approach it, some of it is like, you'll just figure out as you get there, you know? So it's, it's the same type of idea of like, sometimes asking speakers, how many gigs would you like to be doing? And they're just like, I have no idea. Cause I don't, I don't know what, yeah. I don't know what 20 gigs feels like versus what 50 yeah. gigs feels like versus what 200 gigs feels like, you know? And so yeah. what does it feel like the first time, you know, you get on a plane and leave and, and, and she's not with you and yeah. you're going to a talk, you know, and how do you, how do you adjust to that? And so you may Hey, here's my best guess at this moment. And then that may evolve and change. And again, that's okay. Like businesses are are meant to evolve and change and speaking businesses can look different over time. And so, so I think some of that is helpful to, again, not feel like it's, this has to be a one size fits all. And just because I used to do it that way, doesn't mean I always have to do it that way forever and ever. Yeah, absolutely. I think, and and part of it is also, I assume that many people who go into this profession are, are similar in that we're very mission driven. Yeah. right? We have a message we want to share. We feel some level of responsibility to either teach that with pe- to people, share pe- share that with people. To We know we're making some sort of measurable difference in their business or their life. And it's really easy to let your own self-care or your own priorities kind of go by the wayside in some sort of, you know, like mission-driven, relentless attempt to share and help as many people as possible. So, I think this is, you know, if you're going through, whether it's, you know, expecting a child or, or some sort of health situation that's causing you to take a step back is to be gentle with yourself and remember that this is going to change and it's different and that's okay. You know, and you're not sort of shirking your, your greater good mission in taking the time and leaving the space for you to care for yourself, care for your family and do what you have to do. And it's definitely going to be different, but it's, it's not a lesser version. Totally. Uh, of, of whatever that mission is. It's just a different version. Totally. Absolutely. Very well said. Mel, thank you so much for taking the time to, uh, to chat here. This is so good. I always enjoy seeing you and catching up. Can you give us a quick nutshell too of where we can find out more about you? You mentioned the books coming out in a couple of months. Yeah. Or, uh, tell us about that. And uh, if we want to uh, find you, support you, all that stuff, where can we go? <laughs> so you guys know by now, I'm Melanie Diesel and you can find me on any network. I'm, I'm usually the only one of me. So I'm very search optimized. So if you search for me, you'll find me on Instagram, LinkedIn, wherever you like to hang out. The website is storyfuel.co. So storyfuel.co. And if you do slash book launch, you'll find uh, you know the list you can sign up for and get all the info on the book. The book that I'm writing is basically taking my entire system for how to come up with content ideas and giving that system to you so that you can use it in your brainstorms for your events, for your products, whatever you need to come up with content ideas for. You can apply that system to come up with hundreds in a single sitting. And that book is, we're waiting on a final published date, but it should be out in February or March of 2020. So, you know, big things coming in the new year. All right. As a total random side note here, I haven't asked you what the name of the baby is. I know some people like to share that. Some people are private about it, but I'm curious how much as a personal brain yourself, how much did you think about <laughs> and spelling when picking a name for your child? That That is a really good question. Yeah. So um, we did, we have not shared the name. And part okay. of that is our thought is, you know, when you share a name possibility, people have a lot of opinions. Yeah. Yeah. When yep. you say this is my baby's <laughs> name, they're a little he- more hesitant to say something horrible. Right. So we're, we're waiting until it's too late. That's fair. Um, That's fair. That's why I didn't ask. Uh, you had the intuition yeah, there. But, but we do, you know, that is definitely something to think about, especially, you know, 
did I go so far as to buy the URLs and go <laughs> reserve the, the usernames? No, I did not. Will I do that after this call now that you've mentioned it? Perhaps. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I own the domains for all of my daughters. That's a smart uh, idea. Yeah, just to sit on them. Like if they need them someday. Probably get on that. I'll sell it back to them. So I'm, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, uh, if, they, if they earn it, right? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Very fun. Mel, thanks for the time. We appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me back. All right, there you go. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with Melanie Diesel. Always good to have her back on the show. Make sure that you check out the new book that she has coming out in the new year, but then also make sure you check out her site over at storyfuel.co and uh, support her and everything that she does. Like I mentioned, if you are interested in working with us and uh, helping you find and book paid speaking gigs, then you definitely want to check out thespeakerlab.com slash apply. Again, you can find that over at thespeakerlab.com slash apply. All right, my friends, thanks for hanging out with us. We'll catch you next time. You're awesome.